the real joy of this day is found in the knowledge that this stage is not the end. Our trajectory is in heaven. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the week of November 1st, 2020. This is All Saints Sunday, and today, Pastor Seth Mormon shares a message entitled, A Multi-Stage Journey. The text for today is from 1 John chapter 3. You can find a copy of the key verses in the show notes. You know, I'm a self-proclaimed rocket nerd. I have been fascinated by space travel since I was a a small child. You know, I had one of those books uh, about going to the moon. I'm I'm sure it was published sometime after JFK's famous moon speech, but it was before the Apollo astronauts took one small step. The pages of that book captivated me so much about another world about another reality, about another possibility that one day humans, all humans, might be able to travel to. Now, I'm too young to remember the Apollo missions, but I remember being fixated to my little black and white TV when the first space shuttle flight trainer, the Enterprise, glided its way back to Earth. My heart broke as the news uh, uh, of the Challenger and the Columbia disasters. I know exactly where I was when I heard the news. I shed a tear. Every time I watched the movies, The Right Stuff, Apollo 13, Hidden Figures. I have NASA t-shirts and stickers. I've watched countless YouTube videos of rocket launches. And I always keep an eye out if one's going to be launching nearby at Vandenberg. Now, unfortunately, we don't have daily nonstops to the moon like I wanted when I was a child. But with companies like SpaceX and Virgin Galactic, Spin Launch, ULA, and and many others, venturing into space is more common now than ever. Now, and perhaps in my lifetime, I'll see a a new age of space travel where people will boldly go where no one has gone before. You know, but rockets are not just the stuff of dreams. And they're not just for scientific or military or transportational purposes. I would argue that they suggest a profound spiritual truth. One that may give us some insight today on All Saints Day. If you know anything about rockets, rockets are built in stages. And after they lift off, they progress from stage to stage in order to achieve the proper orbital insertion for their payload. As one stage ends, another begins, and the old stage is left behind. Now, often this results in a new trajectory and almost always changes in attitude and altitude. Rockets can have two or three stages and they're necessary to achieve the mission objectives. Now, our lives, in some respects, resemble a multi-stage rocket. That first phase is from conception to birth. The second phase is from birth to death, and the third phase is from death to eternity. And just as there is a critical point in the progress of a rocket stage, 
there are certain critical points in the life of a human being. They're vital for success and continuation in the next stage. At some time in the second stage, and it's always the earlier the better, uh, human beings would need to experience a, a, some course-changing phenomenon. Oftentimes we call this conversion. Having been born already, we are born again. That's the urgent language that the Bible uses to describe this critical stage. Having received a bodily life as a process of the first stage, it's crucial and critical to receive spiritual life in the next. If not, the whole mission would be in peril, might be scrubbed, might plummet to earth. For some of us, this happened in the waters of baptism. For others, it was that first encounter with the life-giving gospel message found in the pages of Scripture. And the success of all of these stages is orchestrated by the Spirit of God, who is always at work. The Spirit who knit us together in our mother's womb in the first stage, and then through word and sacrament and the witness of the others, increased our faith in the second now, all of you hearing this message are in that second phase. You have successfully passed from that first stage to the second. It's that life in the womb that we have experienced. We find out there's more to life. We have heard that life-giving message. Many of us have come to the waters of baptism, and we are, as our text from 1 John reminds us, we are actually called God's dear children. And as glorious and significant and real as this womb-to-tomb stage is, there is an even more glorious and significant stage ahead, a stage that staggers the imagination and with which nothing in this present mode of existence is worthy to be compared. Of course, we're talking about heaven, that eternal existence, that reality that is ahead for each of us. John writes, what we will be isn't completely clear yet. We do know that when Christ appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. Our goal today on this All Saints Sunday is to fix our sights a bit more firmly upon this next, this last, and this grandest stage in our journey. Now, it is common knowledge that many in our world, either by design or by oversight, regard the sometimes 70 to 80 plus years of existence on this earth as the whole meaning of life. They mistake this mere stage as for the goal of the journey the end of the mission. There are some who live in this stage who turn their back on the work of the Spirit or decide that they know a better trajectory in life. Many ignore mission control and are in jeopardy of having the entire mission scrubbed. Even Christians have their weak moments. I know I do, and I'm sure you do too, and it seems that 
at times this stage is all there is. There seems to be a a never-ending time to, to the trials and the tribulations that we experience. Perhaps you've experienced those debilitating doubts that pockmark this stage. Maybe you've let your mind wander into the unknown, trying to use your own reason or strength to make sense of this world and to try to comprehend what, if anything, could possibly lie beyond this stage. How can a person live forever? What kind of life can there possibly be beyond this? Maybe the grave really is the end of it. And if it is, well, let's face it bravely, or at least doing what we think is best. But perhaps we can gain some perspective on the stage to come by thinking about the stage behind, that nine-month existence before we were born. Now, none of us today would regard that nine-month period as the whole meaning of life, beyond which there is nothing more. But let's just say, by way of illustration, that during our prenatal life, we had the capacity to think, to hope, to dream. And let's add that while in our mother's womb, we got word that another life lay before us, a life that might last incredibly long period of time, 80 or 90 years, a life beyond our imagination and beyond our comprehension. In this new world we would someday enter would contain light, in which we could see the the things in the vast reaches of space we could move around in. It would contain towering skyscrapers and majestic mountains, odd-looking quadrupeds uh, called animals, large plants called trees, four-wheeled vehicles traveling at shocking speeds. And someday, we are assured, that we would be able to do such impossible things as talk and walk. What's more, we wouldn't be alone in this new world and reality. There would be millions of other creatures similar to ourselves. Where could there possibly be room for all of them? Yet, strangest of all, would be the mode of entering this new world. It would be a, a perilous process called birth, which involves pain and danger and doctors and hospitals. It would mean leaving the comfort of the known for the unknown in a process we would never guess to, to thrust us in such a, to such a beautiful life as we live in at present. Now, what reaction might that unborn child have toward this talk of another more abundant life, assuming that the unborn child can have those reactions? Well, in spite of the fact that she couldn't possibly understand what earthly life would be like, she could still believe and look forward to it. During her nine-month existence, uh, it could make it much more pleasant, trusting that the next stage is true and real. Or she could be a realist 
and assume that the, the darkness and the cramped quarters she lives in are the whole meaning to life, and that beyond the dreaded process called birth, there is no more. Then comes the day, the day of birth. It turns out to be gloriously true, all of it. There is another life, a life which you could live 80 or 90 years. There are such things as, as space and skyscrapers and mountains and animals and plants and fast-moving vehicles. You can walk and talk, and this dreaded process called birth, in spite of all of its appearances, turns out, after all, to be the gateway to this new and wonderful world. I'm sure you begin to see what we're after here today. Our present life is not the climax of our journey, but is simply a stage. In relation to the heavenly life, we might call this life our prenatal stage. It may be filled with pain and problems, pandemic and partisan politics, but we have it on good word, on God's word, that there is another life, another world ahead of us called heaven. In it, we shall live unbelievably long, in fact, forever. It is a world without space or time. In it, there is a room prepared just for us, and in that place, we shall behold the face of God himself. We shall see him as he is. In fact, we shall be like him. All the ills and inconveniences of this present life, chief of which is sin, will have vanished. And he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Strangest of all, the mode of entering this world is a dreaded and painful process called death, a process involving undertakers and caskets, tombstones, bodily decay, a, a process we would never guess would thrust us into such a beautiful life as the one found in heaven. Obviously, we can't conceive of this life no more than an unborn child can imagine life on earth, but we can believe it. We can hope for it. And we can join the Apostle John in saying, dear friends, now we are God's children. What we will be isn't completely clear yet. We do know that when Christ appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. The striking truth on this All Saints Day is not how the church remembers the saints who have gone before us, even though we rightly chime the bells, we speak their names, we see their faces, we remember those who have gone before, the real joy of this day is found in the knowledge that this stage is not the end. Our trajectory is in heaven. Mission Control cares deeply about you and connects us to life-giving words. And when, by your own actions, you scrub the mission,
It's Jesus himself who comes to be the mission. His life, his death, his resurrection provide more than just course correction, but by his death, we achieve that second stage separation. And on account of Christ, all of your doubts, all of your sins are forgiven. And you will be welcomed into the next stage by the nail-scarred hands of the Savior who knit you together in your mother's womb, who carried your sins uh, to the cross, and who rose again to knit you together with a great multitude that no one can count, who've had their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. What a sight it will be to behold. Until that day, we remember that we are all called God's dear children, here and now, for that is what we are. Our trajectory is in heaven, and the stage will be beyond imagination. So, saints of God, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for providing all that we need for this body and life. But more importantly, Lord, we thank you for providing what is beyond this stage. Lord, we thank you for the nail-scarred hands of the Savior who will bring us into that glorious light where we will be in your presence, where we will see you face to face, where we will be like you. Until that day, Lord, remind us that we are saints here on earth and help us to share that love with others. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found at www.bethanylutheran.org. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. Next week, Pastor Nader Hanna will be our guest preacher. Pastor Hanna does outreach to the Arabic-speaking community of Southern California, Please join us for his powerful message.